And yeah, you can't use a couple like mediocre blah first dates as like a justification for giving up. Like if that's all it's going to take to give up, (laughs) then you probably are not in the mindset to date right now. Do we have news for you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. It only gets worse. (laughs) Hi everyone. I'm Sarah. And I'm Harley Bang Bang. And welcome to today's episode of Love, Life, and Liquor. Um, I think that we wanted to start off with some updates. We had a a whole debate last episode about Machine Gun Kelly and Pete Davidson. (laughs) HBB had gone on or was planning, I can't remember where you were at that time, but I think was planning um, a date with a 26-year-old with Machine Gun Kelly vibes. So (laughs) why don't you let us know how that's been going? So happy to report it's actually going quite well. Like, I mean, it is, it's now turned into very much just the casual hookup thing, but it's been fun. Like shockingly, he is someone I can actually have a conversation with. And he (laughs) like, wow, (laughs) I I know, I know. It sounds like I'm making him up already. It really Um, does. (laughs) And he has hobbies and we actually have hobbies in common no no (laughs) this is fake you don't need to like invent dating stories for our listeners like I think we're entertaining enough on our own (laughs) no like it's actually crazy and I will give a shout out to one of our previous guests Evie Veronica who encouraged us to date younger granted like I said this is just the casual thing because we're we're hooking up every so often but like it's amazing to me that someone in their mid-20s has enough adult capabilities to have a casual hookup, but still still treat a woman with respect and still talk to her like a human being and get to actually know her as a person. So like, I think it's, it's amazing. And it also just gives the older men who can't do this zero excuse. You know, there's no reason, like, (laughs) there's no reason why you can't have a casual fling with someone, but still like ask them how their day was. Like, I don't know, actually like care about them as a person, even if you're never going to be in a serious relationship with them. Like, I feel like I've also had some success over the last couple of years, um, with men in their mid twenties, um, a topic some of my friends love to make fun of me for, but, um, (laughs) I just, just found them like less, jaded and like like you like kind of like what you're saying more genuine like I feel like they approach dating with just a more genuine like trying to get to know people even if it's not going to become serious which for me it was not with people in that age group either we were just like at a different stage of life or whatever but like they just approach things with a very genuine attitude and I don't feel like there's any just like jadedness or negativity Mm. or whatever. I feel like older men or even men like my own age, like young to mid thirties, I feel like, like you said, if it's going to be casual, I feel like they're afraid to make any effort because they're like, oh, I don't want to lead her on. She's definitely (laughs) going to want to be with me if I like show her how nice I am. Like they get like really weird about it or they're just so jaded or whatever towards like women and dating in general, that it comes across. And I also, um, I found that in like the early COVID times, like 2020, when it was like, if you were going to date, you had to be pretty 
reasonably sure that this person lived life really safely and that they were telling you the truth and you could kind of only date like one person at a time and whatever this Mm -hmm. was like pre-vaccine pre all of that and I found that men that were a little bit younger were way more open to just like being open about these things and they were like Mm. on the same page about safety I feel like men that were a little older were like we could just get an outdoor cup of coffee (laughs) like (laughs) I actually had someone say to me once you have advanced degrees like you should know that it'll be COVID safe like he like oh my god level and like it was trying to like bully me into getting a cup of coffee with him when we had literally spoken for like three hours. Like it wasn't someone that I, had Oh my God. Like, what? It was, like, yeah. So that's like what I was getting with men in their thirties and forties. So wow. I don't know. I'm like, I'm team men in their twenties. Honestly, it's pretty sad though, that like someone with barely a fully developed brain, like someone <laughs> that like just passed the age of 25 can just come across as so much of a better person than men our age. <laughs> it's so true. And like, I mean, of course, like there are definitely complete fuck boys and, you know, like total, oh, yeah. total assholes who are in their twenties. Like, I'm not saying like, no, you know, I don't mean not all 20 year olds are, are like this. <laughs> like clearly there's always like shitty guys in every age group, but like, I guess for me, it's just more surprising that you can have just as good or better of a dating experience with someone who is like much younger than you. And like, quite frankly, grew up in a kind of a different generation too. So it more so just, it, it sort of just makes the the bad behavior of older men that much worse because yes. you see that it's very possible to treat women with respect um, and younger men, some of them are able to do it quite well. So Um, I think if you, I don't know, I kind of wonder now, like if you're struggling with dating, maybe consider just having a casual fling with a younger guy to keep you going. Because I will say like, as much as um, dating otherwise is not going that well for me right now, I'm not meeting guys I'm clicking with, but I am much less upset or down about mm-hmm. it because I sort of have a little side piece going on. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's it sort of, it makes the process a little bit more enjoyable. So I don't know it's something that just yeah. ties me over. And I also feel like for me, at least like encountering one person that is overall a good guy, even if I know it's never going to turn into a serious relationship, it kind of, in addition to just like physically holding me over I feel like it like mentally can like sustain a little bit of hope like okay exactly I met this guy on apps like there's gonna be other good guys out there like sometimes you just need one decent person as a reminder that like it is possible to meet okay people on here and like I think that also just the hope that that provides and knowing that like every couple weeks you're gonna see that person have an enjoyable time like I, I think that definitely um, has helped keep my sanity at times in dating. Um, yeah. and I think, I think that that great piece of advice that you just <laughs> gave really leads into <laughs> our topic today. Um, so last episode, um, if, which if you haven't listened, I would recommend listening to that one first, but last because episode, it's just a great episode. Overall. Yeah. I think that was some <laughs> of our best work, honestly, but, um, <laughs> we talked about all the bad dating advice that's out there and some of the cliche comments and just like misguided 
tropes and information that people tend to throw out there. And so um, one of our listeners and also previous guests, E.L. Byrne, um, she reached out and suggested that as a follow-up, we maybe do an episode about good dating advice. Um, and we thought that was a really good idea. And she has a great blog um, with some of her pieces of advice. We might reference one or two of those in this episode, but um, we'll also share that link on Twitter. Um, but her advice is pretty solid, but we have some other um things that we've heard along the way elsewhere that we thought were worth mentioning. So this one might be a little less funny than our bad dating (laughs) advice episode, but I do think it's important to kind of highlight, you know, the good since we've already highlighted the bad, I guess. So yeah, I guess. So um, if you want to get us started, what is one piece of good dating advice you've heard? Okay. So first up, you know, I I can't remember who told, who gave me this advice uh, this person will be unknown forever um but someone told me once that it i should look for someone whose bad qualities align with my <laughs> bad qualities <laughs> like i said don't remember who told me this. i don't know this person sounds really wise though like you're <laughs> lucky to know them whoever they are <laughs> Okay, for those of you who haven't caught on, Sarah did. <laughs> Sarah gave me this advice. I hate to admit it, but it's it is actually very good advice. It's like change. I mean, I I have not really been in a proper relationship since receiving this advice, so I haven't applied it in practice, but um the for context, you know, I had had two back-to-back relationships and obviously they both didn't work out. And so um I think Sarah and I were just generally talking about like moving forward, things for me to look for, to look out, to watch out for. And, you know, she pointed out that it's almost more important to find somebody whose bad, quote unquote, bad qualities line up with my bad qualities. Because I think we tend to focus so much on finding someone who we are compatible with. And we kind of look at the the positive element of that. So we'll look for people who share our interests, who maybe share our values and our beliefs. And all, like, I think all of that's important. So don't, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. But I think in order to make things like the reality is that relationships are going to have conflict no matter what. And so to work through the conflicts, it's important to think about you know, your different communication styles and like, do your differences align enough to make this sustainable? So to, to put this into context, I was saying that I'm, I can be a really impatient person. I'm not like an overly nurturing motherly type of figure. Like I, you know, like I, I, I guess you could, some could say I'm like a little bit colder, Whereas, and I'm not a domestic person by any means. Whereas my most recent ex, I kind of found out, you know, way after the fact, you know, pretty much right around the time we were breaking up, like he wanted someone who would like cook for him when he was having a bad day or just know, you know, like, I I don't know, like just kind of take on the more domestic nurturing types of duties. And he wasn't a great communicator. So he couldn't voice that for me. And I didn't even know that's what he wanted. Mm -hmm. And so I think the, like what Sarah probably realized was I'm not domestic or nurturing by nature. He wants that, but can't communicate that. And so these two things just do not align with each other. Like this was not going to be a relationship that worked because 
our bad qualities, AKA his lack of communication and my lack of nurturing, these were just not going to jive long-term. It, it was yeah. not going to be sustainable. And so I've really taken that to heart. And, you know, so I think it, you should really think about like, what are some flaws that I have and, you know, where are the gaps in my communication style and can I, maybe I should be looking for someone where we match up on those things and we're still able to, you know, come together and make it work. I don't know if I've explained that well, but hopefully you get what I'm saying. Yeah. And like, I think in that instance, like, I don't necessarily think the stuff that you just described about yourself is a flaw. It's just kind of a fact. Like I think some people who want that from someone might view that negatively and that's fair, but yeah, it was never going to work with that guy if he couldn't ask for what he wanted and you're not inclined to just like naturally do that. So yeah, yeah, I think it's just, it, yeah, important to kind of think those things through and like for like an example for me, um, like I am not someone who is all that like into working out or whatever. Like Mm. I, um, like I will do it when I'm alone. Like I will make sure I will make myself do things because I know it's good for you, but it's not something I like enjoy. It's not something that I'm going to want to do with another person. Like my Mm. exercise time is like when I'm alone Um, because I don't really, that's not an enjoyable activity to me. It's just something that I know is important. So I'll do it, but I'm not going to spend my limited time with like (laughs) a friend or like a partner doing that. And like, that's really important to some people. Like they want to like go to the gym together or, you know, they want that to be like, like, I'll like go for a hike with someone or like maybe occasionally like take a spinning class or whatever. But like, for the most part, I'm not going to do that with other people. And so if that's really important to someone like, and they're going to be like antsy or anxious or whatever, like not doing that together, like that's probably just not going to work out. Like neither of us are right or wrong. Those are just two different ways we go about exercise. It's just ways we like to prioritize our time. Like I personally view people who want to do that all the time and need to do it together a little negatively. And they probably (laughs) view me a little lazy. Like we probably like are viewing each other a little bit badly, but I don't think either of those things again are like flaws in and of themselves. I just think it doesn't like match well with the other person. So yeah, I think it's important to like, like HBB said, it obviously is also important to make sure like your good qualities align and your values and your long-term goals and whatever. But Um, you also have to think of like, maybe you're not the best qualities and, you know, make sure that those are a fit too, because it's going to save a lot of, um, a lot of issue down the road, I think. Yeah. And I think to, to kind of give one last example that, and this might be because we've given specific examples to our situations, but maybe to make it broader and more universal, um, we, I think most of us have heard about the different attachment styles. And so the two that are really incompatible together are avoidant and, um, oh my God, what's the other one? Dismissive, I Anxious. think. No, well that too, but like, I think avoidant and, oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, you're right. Avoidant and anxious. And for like, for some reason, those two tend to like attract each other like magnets. I don't know why these two are like people with these qualities always date each other, but it always causes problems. And so I think that highlights like a quote unquote bad quality about yourself. Like if you are 
an anxious person, do not date somebody with an avoidant attachment style because you're going to like, you will not be able to work on your conflicts in a healthy, productive manner. One or both of you will always feel frustrated and shitty. So, you know, like look for someone that, you know, you may not both be perfect individuals, but you can complement each other and, you know, work together to find solutions when those conflicts come up. Yeah, totally agree. And again, it's not necessarily a bad thing to have an anxious style. It's not a bad thing to have an avoidant style. Like, yeah, they probably aren't the best styles, but like (laughs) they're not, it's also not like, oh, I'm a terrible person who doesn't deserve love. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) It's just like not a match with certain other people. Just like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you are a woman and you really care about your career and you always want to work, even if you had Mm -hmm. children, you wouldn't be a great match with a guy who would prefer his wife be a stay at home mom. Like, and neither of those viewpoints are like right or wrong inherently. It's just like, the guy who wants a stay at home mom, I have issues with, but yes, he's not for me. Yes. (laughs) On a personal level, I do, but plenty of people would love to be one and would not have an issue with it. So again, Mm -hmm. like it's, it's just about like matching those qualities. It's not saying like placing blame on either quality, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, for sure. So yeah. Um, I think that's a good one. Um, speaking of advice that we've received from friends, um, she, this girl goes by basic bumble bitch on Twitter. (laughs) Um, but we are (laughs) friends in real life. And, um, she once made a point to me, that I thought was really interesting. Um, she talked about the sunk cost fallacy and like oh, yeah. it to dating. So most people have probably heard of it, but if you haven't, it's used a lot in terms of like, like business or like other ventures, like just because mm-hmm. you've put a lot of time and money into something in the past doesn't always mean that you should keep going because you're not going to recoup those costs either way. So it should really yeah. be like, what is the best choice moving forward? Um, but she kind of related it to dating in that, like, no matter, even if you've invested a lot of time and energy and like worked through conflicts or whatever with the mm-hmm. guy, like you're not getting that time back no matter yeah. what. So mm-hmm. you can, you can view it as a waste. Like you can wish that you had done it differently, but like the past is the past and you are never going to recoup that time. So it should really be like, is this person a fit for my life right now? Or do I see them as a fit moving forward? And if the answer is no, you can't hold on just because of all this time, because you're risking getting into a situation where instead of wasting one year, you've now wasted two or like whatever it is. And so like you really, when it comes to dating, even, I mean, this applies to like the early stages of dating and also like the much later stages, in my opinion, but you should mm-hmm. always be evaluating, like, what is this person bringing to me right now? Do I see them as a fit in the future? And sometimes like, I've definitely been with people that are bringing me something right now. And I kind of know that they're probably not going to be a super long-term thing, but like, it is okay to just get something positive out of it in the moment, like the Mm -hmm. world is crumbling around us. Like, I don't think anyone needs (laughs) to think like super far into the future unless they really want to, but. Which is why we're saying hook up with a 26 year old. (laughs) So like, I'm not saying like, always consider your future or whatever. I just mean like, 
don't look back at the past and say, but I've put in like, we've worked through so much. I put in so much time and energy. Yeah. But if you're not getting happiness, like right now out of it, then you could just end up wasting more time. And like, I think a lot of people, if they cut certain things off sooner, they'd be able to view things as like a good lesson or like, yeah, that was right at the time, but eventually it had to end. Like, I think if you cut things off a little sooner, you're able to kind of just take it for what it is, appreciate it for what it was. It is what it is. But if you keep going and going and really end up wasting a ton of time, that can really tarnish like entire periods of your life. Oh, oh um, my God. Yes. So I, yep. I thought that was like a really interesting, again, like I had heard that term, but I had never really heard it applied to dating. Um, and I think that that's really good advice. And like, obviously I'm not saying like at the first sign of conflict, just <laughs> run away, like, you know, just don't ever be unhappy when another person is in your life. Cause yeah, obviously as we just got done saying, like every relationship is going to have some conflict and whatever, um, that's, you know, any interpersonal relationship at all, not just dating. But, um, yeah, I think that when it comes to dating, you can't just think about the time that you've invested into a person yeah. or like, I think sometimes this also shows up in like, even in the early stages of dating, people will be like, well, I've been single for so long and trying to find someone on apps. And this is like, right. The best <laughs> I found so far. So I don't oh. want to give this up. And it's like, yeah, but you're not getting that pastime back and you're now not going to get this time back either. Right. So, yeah. I think that that's an important thing to keep in mind in a dating sense. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because, um, like you mentioned that you hadn't heard it applied in a dating context before, but like, so I, for those of you who don't know, I'm like obsessed with reading relationship issues posted on Reddit. Like it's like, I don't, I check it as often as people check their horoscopes. I just love seeing you've gotten me into it over the years, (laughs) by the way. Yes. Yes. See how seriously we take this podcast. We do research, we do market research on what are the trends happening? What are the issues? It informs our episodes, but like, it is shocking how often people post their problems and they work in some kind of sunk cost fallacy argument. Like he never is home and he doesn't talk to me and he ignores me and he goes drinking with his friends, but we've spent eight years together. I'm just like, if that's the only positive thing you can think of in your relationship, I think that's a very big red flag. You should probably end it. And like, I, I'm not like, I'm not a huge fan of making pros and cons lists. I think that's a weirdly simplistic way of looking at things. But if you find yourself constantly just, again, like clinging on to the past as the reason for staying together and you can't really think of any other current justifications, yeah. <laughs> like if you can't think of anything happy or positive within the past six months to a year, you know, like if the, if all your good memories are way far in the past and nothing much recent comes to mind for you, just, just end it. Like, do yourself a favor. Like Sarah said, if you drag it out, you're going to, you're going to just be more bitter over time about it. And you're going to be mad at yourself for putting up Mm -hmm. with it for longer. And like, I, I always look at these things like, realistically, you're going to break up. If you're seeing these issues now, you're going to break up at some point. So would you rather have invested three years or six years? You know, like take it, take the lesser of two evils. Like Sarah said, the time is gone. Don't dig yourself in deeper because yeah, you will just be more bitter 
So I totally agree. Yeah. And yeah, if your only caveat to listing all these issues is, but we've been together five years yeah. and you don't have any, like, I could understand if your caveat was like, but he's really caring in this way. Or mm-hmm. like, we have so much fun doing X, Y, Z. Like if your caveats are personality caveats, then yeah, you might need to weigh like your personal priorities or whatever. But if all you have to say is the amount of time that you've spent together, which yes, a lot of people, that is how they frame these challenges. Like if that's your only basically justification for (laughs) staying, then yeah, that time is lost to you no matter what, just cut your losses and get out basically. Yeah. Agreed. Um, all right. So my next piece of good dating advice I've heard, and I think I saw this sort of like on a random, I don't know, like some Instagram thing or whatever, but I thought it was, uh, really interesting. Um, so it, it, it was talking about what to do when you're seeing both red flags and green flags in someone you're mm. dating or someone you're even in a relationship with, because I do, I think we tend to think of people as sort of one or the other, Mm -hmm. but often, you know, like relationships and and people are very complex Mm -hmm. and you usually do see both positive and negative. Mm -hmm. So that's why we end up in these dilemmas because we, we cling on to the good qualities that Mm -hmm. they have. Um, And so what this person said was red flags cost more than green flags will add value. Like basically the worth of the value, Mm. the importance of a red flag outweighs any potential value that a green flag can bring to a relationship. Um, and, and they should not be viewed as equal characteristics. Mm, and I, that's interesting. And I, yeah. And I, I think it's totally true just for right off the bat. I'm going to say, I completely agree with this. And I think we all tend to fall into this trap of treating them as like a one-to-one ratio. Like mm-hmm. he, he's a bad communicator, but we have so much fun together. Like I, those are not equal things yeah. at all. I mean, maybe in the very, very early days, you you think it's more important that you're having fun from time to time. But in, in the context of a long-term relationship, the red flag qualities are going to very quickly outweigh everything else. It's going to, mm-hmm. I think it's going to overshadow everything else and cause you way more problems. So pay really careful attention to any potential issues you spot or any, anything that gives you pause as to whether you're a long-term match, because no matter how much fun you have, no matter how well they get along with your family or understand your jokes like these are great things but the the bad qualities in a person or or the red flag issues that speak to you um they're going to be more important for long-term relationships Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i i think like if your goal is to date for a serious relationship or like you are in a, what appears to be turning into a long-term relationship with someone, like those things are super important to consider. And like, if you're in something casual or like you said, in the super early stages, like, yeah, maybe someone being a bad communicator and uh, you having fun with them is like a worthy trade-off or whatever. Mm. Like if I'm not trying to be serious with someone, you know, maybe I can look past 
their weird communication or that they don't plan ahead enough in advance to see me, you know, everything's kind of like a spur of the moment thing or, you know, whatever it is. Um, I think if you're just casual or, and that's all you want, then that's totally fine. But yeah, if you are um, looking for something more serious, more long-term, I definitely agree with you. And that's a really interesting way to put it like the cost of a red flag versus the value Mm -hmm. of a green flag. I've never heard it put that way, but I definitely agree with the concept. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Um, so the next one I had in mind, I actually heard someone talk about this on a different podcast. Um, it was late night drive with Ellie Schnitt. If anyone's heard of it, it's a pretty new one. Um, but basically she was talking about a guy that she was interacting with and, and kind of going on some dates with. And I guess he said something like, um, yeah, like I, relationships don't really work out for me because I always prioritize my job like over other people. And, um, I just can't (laughs) make the time to date or whatever. Like he said this about himself and then like that very thing obviously played out very quickly after that. Like he was like too busy. Like they hadn't seen each other in like a month or something like that and like it eventually just ended and Mm. the point that she was making was like if this is something you if there's something that you know about yourself that is holding Mm. you back either fix it or stop dating like stop like subjecting other people to this and I think that that is really important because it's one thing it's one thing to try to align like your qualities or whatever. Like I am a pretty outspoken person. So like I couldn't be with someone that, you know, prefers women like a little quieter, (laughs) a little less outspoken, like, and yeah, I'm sure that has caused issue for me in the dating world, but that's not, I don't view that as a negative quality about myself. So that's like not something that I'm going to be looking to change or whatever. Like, I'm not saying change yourself to find someone or whatever, but like, if you know that your like priorities or your work schedule, or even like the way, you know, if you are a little bit more on like the anxious side and you're like constantly like blowing up someone's phone, Mm. if you don't like hear from them right away, like, obviously there's only so much like you can do if you are feeling anxious, but like, you know, maybe try some other strategies or like do something to like make yourself wait like an hour or two before reaching out or like whatever it is. Like if you know that these habits or whatever are holding you back, then like do something about it. And if you don't want to do something about it, then maybe just now's not the time to be on apps. Like if you, you know, if you're super, overwhelmed at work or like you consider work your top priority above all other things like yeah you probably don't have the time right now to be Mm -hmm. dating like and I understand being in a situation where you're like I know that you know work or family or whatever it is is taking up too much time I want to start making time for dating that's great but then you actually have to like do it (laughs) and if you're not like if you're not actually willing to like adjust your priorities or like reflect on your own behavior, then like, why are you even doing this? Like why? And I feel like, I mean, maybe women do this a lot too. I don't really know, but I definitely notice this with men a lot where they'll say like, I know that I'm too, you know, X, Y, Z for someone (laughs) to want to date me. And it's like, okay, then why are we here? Like, yeah, if you know that about yourself and it's like a fine line between 
like low self-esteem and actually genuine things you could fix. And like, like I said, it's a fine line between like, are these qualities I actually value about myself and don't want to change versus like things maybe you should change. But, you know, that's like up to each individual person to do their own reflecting Mm. on that or whatever. But as like a broad piece of advice, I pretty much agree. Like if you know that there is one or two concrete things always getting in your way, then like take a little time and fix them. (laughs) Yeah. Do something about that. I don't understand the like, woe is me (laughs) attitude when like you are not changing anything. And like, we kind of touched on this in our bad dating advice episode too, but like, if you can identify it's one thing if you've just like diluted yourself and you're just like in the dark or whatever, but like, if you can identify one or two things that's holding you back, okay, do something about it or stop dating, like stop subjecting other people to that. And I don't know. I like, I don't understand this attitude of like, if I'm not constantly dating or constantly on apps or whatever, I'm not moving forward in life or like, I'm not making effort Mm. or whatever. Yeah. Like sometimes effort is like self-work as well. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. And and I, I think like, and I definitely don't think Sarah's trying to say, you know, you have to be a perfect, you know, perfectly well-developed no, person no. to be able to date. Like we all constantly have areas for improvement, but I agree with the idea that if there's like this kind of like a big gap that, you know, this big issue that you have that's actively um, impeding your success in dating, then it's worth working on that before you try to date because it's, you're just not going to have success and you're going to subject people to this sort of half-assed version of your dating. And so that's just not fair for anyone. And sometimes you can like take the initial steps, start working on yourself and then dip your toes back into the dating pool as you continue to sort out your issues. I think the two can happen also. Oh yeah. Agreed. But like, you need to be taking some steps to, you know, work on whatever it is. I think like, I think the being too busy to date is a pretty common thing. So I agree. If you literally don't have the time, like don't, don't waste other people's time. Um, it, but the, you know, there's all iterations of this. If you know that you're just, you're too negative, you're too jaded, you're too snarky, whatever it is. Like if there's this big, big gap that's overshadowing your experiences with dating, it's just not worth your time really to pursue it. So yeah, try to, try to work on those big issues before, before, um, forcing yourself on other people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like, and like HVB said, like, obviously depending on what the issue is, sometimes this work can happen simultaneously, but to just be out there in the dating world, telling other people, like, this is why it never works out for me. And then just like repeating those patterns. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, okay, so do something. And like, I would love to think that that was just a one-off story that happened to this random girl. But like I said, it's not, I've seen it in plenty of other men. Um, there's just, you know, I think, I think we get so caught up sometimes in finding people who align well with us or like we talked about earlier fit both our good and bad qualities and things like that that I think sometimes we just trick ourselves into thinking like we don't need to change a thing like the the point of dating is to find someone that aligns with me so I'll just sit and wait for them to like show up here and that's just I don't know that's not realistic and like I said in our bad dating episode a lot of things that you could be working on will also benefit other interpersonal relationships of yours. Mm -hmm. Like if you're someone that, you know, gets 
so caught up in work that that's like literally your only priority and takes up all of your free time reprioritizing a little bit and finding a little bit more free time in your schedule will also help your friendships. Like there's, you know, changing, you know, the way that you interact with people slightly, like will also benefit your coworkers or your other friends. So, um, I think a lot of this work don't even look at it as just, Oh, I'm doing this to better myself in dating. Like just look at it as you're bettering yourself period. (laughs) And that will, and that will reflect in dating, but Um, yeah, I think sometimes we, we get so caught up in like the, the self-love, you know, trope, which is important, obviously, but I think sometimes we tell ourselves there's absolutely nothing that we should do different. And that's not the case. No. And that we won't repeat our bodies episode too much, but one thing we really tried to hammer home is that you cannot just go through life thinking you have no areas for improvement because yeah. <laughs> like, as, as much as I'm all for self-love and having good self-esteem, like it is ridiculous to also think this is who I am. People can take it or leave it. And I'm not changing myself for anyone. It's just, it's always beneficial to make little tweaks here and there. So yes, I, I agree with that piece of advice. Um, this next piece of advice came from a friend. This it's actually not Sarah this time, um, <laughs> but, she, but she she's one of my definitely more blunt friends. And I first off, just gonna say we all need a blunt, direct friend in our lives. Obviously, I'm not saying a rude friend. No one needs someone <laughs> like I think people get too abrasive sometimes. But we all need someone who will tell us the the truth because we often are making mistakes that we sometimes don't realize. So. In this context, um, this was after my second breakup. And like I mentioned, I had two pretty back-to-back relationships. So the the fallout from both just sort of really hit me after the second relationship ended. And so I was just not in a place at all where I wanted to date. I was like, I, I am so done with this. I need to take a break. And you know, I just, I had zero interest. And first off, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think we all can benefit from breaks, especially after a breakup. So mm-hmm. that, that, that was fine. Um, but my friend was basically encouraging me to start dating again sooner rather than later. She wasn't saying do it now. She wasn't, you know, it wasn't a week after my breakup and she's pushing me to date, but she's like, don't wallow in this for too, too long. And the piece of advice that's always stood out to me was, in her words, you'll never be as young and as hot as you are now. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I mean, it sounds so weird and and silly, but it is probably true. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm definitely never going to be as young as I am now. And like, I think, you know, looks wise, of course, you know, we all get beautiful and, you know, no, it's not like getting older is a bad thing, but there is a certain something that you have, you know, as you, as you are younger. And I think it's just important to capitalize on whatever you have at any particular moment in time. Mm -hmm. So what she was really trying to get across to me was, you know, I, and actually she said, she's like, I think that if you waste so much of this time in your life right now, if you waste the next year or the next two years of your life, just wallowing and not dating, you are going to regret it. You're going to regret not maximizing this stage of your life. And so I really think you should, you know, work through what you need to work through, but don't just 
don't just put, you know, don't bench yourself from dating because you have a lot of great qualities and they're going to serve you well in dating and take advantage of them. And because ultimately, and, and she was right. She's like, you will regret it otherwise. She also knows me, you know, so I, you know, advice should be tailored to the individual person, but yeah, I can definitely see myself looking back and being like, oh, I was like so hot, you know, in my thirties <laughs> and why didn't I go out there and have fun with dating? Why did I just sit at home and Netflix all the time? And so again, I mean, that, that was personal advice to me, but I really do think that people should think about that. Like mm-hmm. think about, you know, whether, how, regardless of how you feel about yourself, like all of us are probably, you know, and I'm thinking of who our listeners probably are, like, we are all like young and sexy people. I mean, why not just put ourselves out there and have fun and so that you don't look back with regrets and and wish that you had tried a little bit harder. Yeah, yeah. And like, I mean, as we mentioned in our last episode, like obviously dating is not always fun for people. Like Mm -hmm. it's definitely not for me, but I think it's still possible, you know, occasionally getting on apps and setting up at least like one or two dates a month just to like Mm, dip your toes back in the water. Like even if you don't find dating particularly fun, there's still ways to kind of make effort during that time. And obviously like after a breakup, I think people should, you know, take a little time and reflect and, you know, you don't want to be putting yourself out there when you're super like sad or jaded or whatever, but you know, a lot of breakup pain is like, it's not going to go away in just like a month or two, especially if the relationship was longer. So like once you've processed the initial, you know, hurt or shock or whatever it is, it probably is a good idea to eventually start dipping your toes back in because you're going to still feel at least like remnants of that pain Mm -hmm. for quite some time. So hundred percent, you know, you might as well like, you know, not as your friend said, like not waste what could be like good, good dating years or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like when you're, when you have the time or you're confident or you're at your like most attractive or whatever (laughs) it is, like, you know, we, a lot changes as we get older, we have different responsibilities and whatever. So, um, yeah, I think there's definitely like, I think that there's a lot of truth to that advice. Yeah. What about Um, you? So my next one actually comes from um, EL's blog post that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode. Um, And she is basically in this section telling people not to treat first dates like they're the first day of the rest of your life, which (laughs) made me laugh. And I had to think about it for a minute because I am not someone that really gets super excited or super nervous for dates like I I feel like I take this advice pretty well but like in thinking about what she was saying she was basically like you know a first date is just an an early like get to know you see if there's like any in-person chemistry the next couple dates are still gonna kind of be like we're here for fun we're here for getting to know each other like you're not really gonna know for a while if someone is like truly compatible for you in a long-term sense you're just trying to find out like do I even want to have more early dates with this person? So I do Mm. think like if you're someone that gets really nervous before dates or like puts a lot of stock into a date just because you had a good initial text conversation Mm. with someone like it, obviously like you can't always control like your own excitement or your own nerves or whatever. And like, I'm not saying you should go into dates with a bad attitude, (laughs) but I'm just saying like, 
it just because I know how it can feel when you have a really good early conversation with someone and you set up a date with them and you're like, this is the first guy in six months that's asked me questions. On a yeah. dating app. And like, <laughs> it's really easy to get excited because the bar is so, so oh, fucking God, low. Yes. Yeah. But at the same time, like, don't set yourself up for like major disappointment mm-hmm. or like mate, don't like put all your eggs in that basket mentally. And I don't even like, I know there's some people who do prefer to only talk to one person at a time or date one person at a time. And you know, that's fine. But I, so I'm not talking about like physically dating more than one person at a time, if that's not what you're comfortable with, but just like mentally just know, like go into a first date, like I'm just seeing how I feel about this person in real life. Like, you know, maybe try to plan dates at like restaurants you haven't tried before or like things that you like want to do or see so that you'll at least, you know, feel like you saw a good thing or try a new thing or whatever. Like, you know, use it as a chance to like see different parts of your city or however you want to look at it, but just try not to go into it with so much pressure on it because the other person is whoever they are and like they're either going to be a fit for you or they're not but like putting all that pressure on them in your mind is kind of like unfair pressure to judge another person with too like yeah like this person that you're dating like or you're going on a date with they don't know that they're the first person in six months oh my god questions or whatever like (laughs) they're probably just trying to meet you and see what you're like in real life so I don't know I do think there's there's something to be said for just trying to like mentally keep the pressure off in the early stages. Cause like, you're not even my best first dates. It's not like I leave them and I'm like, that person's going to turn into my next long-term relationship. Like, like I still need, you still need a little bit more, more time with them and you need to see them a few more times and whatever. So I think, um, yeah, I think just keeping it keeping it low pressure. And like I said, I don't personally find dating fun, but like try to find the fun where you can, whether it's like, you know, a silly conversation you have with this person, or, you know, you try a new restaurant or a new coffee shop or whatever that you've wanted to try, or like whatever it is to make it as fun for yourself as you can, even if you don't find it particularly fun. Um, like just, you know, keep it light, keep it low pressure you're not going to have many answers about this person on day one, unless your answer is, I don't want to see them again. <laughs> like you may, yeah, yes. may have like, like the only answer that you might get right away is an immediate no. Right. So with that in mind, like all this pressure is sort of just unfair and almost doing yourself a disservice overall. Um, and yeah, I think like, like I said, I don't, maybe it's my own <laughs> cynicism a little bit or whatever, but I don't, really ever feel nervous or particularly excited for a first date like it's more just like I'm gonna go gonna meet this guy I might hope it goes well I might have enjoyed our conversation so far I might like you know hope that that translates into real life but if it doesn't or if they don't want to see me again even if I want to see them again or whatever like I don't tend to get super disappointed in those early first, like one to two dates. And I think that's because I've just like taken the pressure off in my mind. Like this could Mm -hmm. go any number of ways. I'm not really going to come away with many answers unless the answer is I never want to see this person again. So just go and like, enjoy it for what it is. Meet a hopefully decent new person. And even if it doesn't go anywhere, like I said earlier, at least it's a reminder that there's decent people on apps. 
Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And it's really all for your, like, I think this advice is only going to benefit you or the, whoever is hearing this, you know, it is just helpful advice for you because it's going to manage your own expectations because there really is nothing as disappointing as being so excited for a date thinking like I have finally met someone I'm compatible (laughs) with you go on the date and it fucking sucks like it is so disappointing so you know and it's it's always going to be a little bit disappointing it's it's we're human of course we're going to feel those emotions but I think the the issue I see with a lot of people and why they get get jaded so quickly with dating is that their expectations are way, way too high. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they go into a first date just assuming that because the, the chat was good that they're going to now date. And like, mm-hmm. you need to adjust those expectations because you're going to get disappointed quickly. You're going to get burnt out quickly. And it's just going to be this vicious cycle where you're constantly going to be disappointed and you're going to bring a more negative energy to your dates over time, really. Like it has a ripple effect. So Mm -hmm. manage your expectations up front so that you don't fall into this trap of being disappointed over and over and over again, and eventually like give up on dating altogether. So like, you know, I mean, that, that tends to be like the formula, you know, like, and it all starts with having expectations that are way too high and way out of whack. So just, yeah, go into it. Like, have like almost like a, a goal or, or a specific benefit in mind for what the date is. And it just might be, oh, I'm excited to check out this bar, or I am excited to finally get out of my house this week. Like have something, (laughs) have something unrelated to the date. That is, that's the benefit of this date and nothing else. Just be excited to be sitting out on a patio and whatever happens with the date, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but don't don't pin all your hopes on this person because statistically first dates don't turn into second dates and the sooner we accept that the less disappointing the experience will be yeah yeah and like I said I'm not saying go in with a super bad or negative attitude but like yes like realistically you do need to understand that this is more likely to not turn into a second date than to turn into one, whether it's because they don't want to, or you don't want to, or you both want to, and the schedules just never line up. Like there's a million ways that can happen, but just realistically, that is just a fact. And that doesn't mean you have to feel negative or bad about that, Mm -hmm. but it is just a fact. And, um, I think, using that as a way to like take some pressure off, I think would just benefit everyone. And I think it would make people a little bit more open-minded on those first dates. Cause it's like, well, yeah, like we'll see anything could happen. Like it could, it could turn into something. Maybe it couldn't. Like, I think it, it just takes a little pressure off and, and just makes you like more accepting of any Mm. possible outcome. Um, and that can sometimes leave your mind open enough to like have a good thing happen too. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think just remembering that a first date is just like a get to know you (laughs) and (laughs) like, it doesn't mean really anything that you set up a date with this person. So, um, and don't be out here, like, don't be out here being like, Oh, I tried, I put effort in and it's, you know, dating still didn't work out because this first, (laughs) this first date didn't go well. Like I'm so here to, I'm so tired of hearing that. Like, (laughs) listen, like it sucks. I get the frustration, but I also think people use this as like a 
crutch or, or like sort of like a justification for giving up on dating like see I tried and the first date didn't go well clearly there's no one I'm not I, I hate dating like yeah so just I think if we yeah. manage our expectations it would avoid this like spiral yeah <laughs> and I've I've also seen people that like they go on a couple dates they don't really feel strongly about those people either mm. but they almost get it's like a little bit of a blow to the ego when yeah. those people like don't want to see you again like even though deep <laughs> down if you really reflected on it like did you actually want to see them again or like, and I mean, sometimes obviously we do have like a really great time with someone and they don't want to see us again. And that can hurt. And that's valid. But I think sometimes we get so caught up in like being tired of all the effort dating takes that it's just like, well, I tried, like nobody wants to see me again. Yeah, And and it's like, yeah, but you didn't really want to see them either. Like, and I think we just, yeah, like, yes, those do feel like blows to the ego and I'm not trying to trivialize that, but I think you need to keep in mind that you're dealing the blows to other people's egos, like just as often. So it's just the nature of dating. And yeah, you can't use a couple like mediocre blah first dates as like a justification for giving up like if that's all it's gonna take to give up then you probably (laughs) are not in the mindset to date right now do we have news for you (laughs) oh dear it only gets worse (laughs) yeah maybe maybe take up a hobby in that case gotta have thick skin to be in this game (laughs) so true so true um and to to wrap this up uh my friend also gave me this advice when she suggested when thinking about a person and maybe you're on the fence about them they have some some things you like and some maybe they don't have all of the qualities you are looking for in your ideal person again we're not talking about like openly like straight up bad qualities but maybe they're missing some of the little cherries on top that you would like in a partner (laughs) maybe they don't meet your height requirement or your education requirement whatever it may be and so she suggested thinking about it in in terms of you know would I reject this person five or ten years from now (laughs) you know will this continue to be something that will be of great importance to me Because Mm. I I do think that when we're younger, especially, we tend to be a little bit more finicky with our dating requirements or not. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's not fair to say, actually, because I also know women in their 30s and 40s with wildly unrealistic expectations of what they're they're looking for in a man. So, yeah, really, this knows no boundaries. And actually, some 20 year olds have like no standards. So maybe it's almost the opposite. Yeah, I think it's Um, very case by case. But I think there's still still truth to what you're saying. Yeah. But yeah, regardless, um, you know, I, I think it's fair to say that at a certain age, maybe it's when you're in your fifties or sixties, you look back and you're like, Oh, some of those things really were not as important as I thought they were, or in the grand scheme of life, it's not that big of a deal, or, you know, it might be a worthwhile trade-off in order if Mm -hmm. they're going to otherwise be a good partner. So as best you can, and we obviously can't predict the future, but really, really think about like, okay, in 10 years, is this quality still going to be so important to me? Um, you know, will it be worth the potential risk of me being single 
for the next few decades, because I'm really holding on tightly to all of these requirements that mm-hmm. I'm looking for in a guy. And I, I will not deviate from this list. So and that was an interesting spin. Um, it's, you know, it is hard to apply in practice, but it's definitely an exercise at least worth thinking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a really interesting way to frame it. Like the five to 10 years down the road thing. Um, I like, I like that way of thinking about it. I think something that I tried to do over time um, on apps, because I think on apps specifically, even though I will always defend dating apps, um, <laughs> I don't think they deserve the like major negative reputation that they have yeah. with some people. I but agree. I do think it does become very easy to just sort of see people like like options on a menu or like right. whatever. And like, you like see a one, list. yeah. Like you see one little thing and you're like, nap, swipe left. Like, no, yeah. no, no. And it's really <laughs> easy to filter people out. And sometimes that's good. Like if you really need your, you know, obviously like views on children to align or like political yeah. views or whatever, like it's great that those filters exist, but sometimes it's very easy to just take it too far. And I think something I, tried to start doing, which I feel like I like the way your friend put it better. Cause it's more thinking about like your future and like your long-term happiness, but something I tried to start doing at least in the short term is like, if I met this person in person and they were very like charismatic or fun to be around, would this matter to me? And like, oh, yeah. like an example that I always think about, um, in my head is like one time, it was very soon after like a very long-term relationship breakup. So I was not trying to date at that time. Um, but a f- couple friends and I went to like the beach for a weekend and we went to this like brewery and did like a beer tasting or whatever. And the bartender was like really funny, like really charismatic. Like we like had a good Are time. Are talking talk- about me? No, it's about when we went to Denver and we had that crazy guy <laughs> no, at the brewery. No, no because this, this, I will say I met the love of my life at a Denver brewery. He I was, totally, he was tweaking for oh sure. God. I totally <laughs> forgot about that guy. Um, yes, uh, no, uh, apparently this happens to me often, but um, no, this wasn't like this was before we knew each other, it was in like 2016. Oh, um, irrelevant, irrelevant story, but like. Then this guy and like I don't even consider myself very picky on looks like I know different people have different looks based things that are important to them I consider myself fairly open-minded but this guy is still not a guy that I probably would have swiped on (laughs) if I saw him on an app like he like I think he just struck me as someone that would probably take a bad photo and just like not present Uh himself in the best way and like (laughs) yeah he wasn't the most physically attractive I would say but like he was very funny, like very fun to talk to. And I found out later that like when I was in the bathroom, my friends like gave him my number or whatever. And what? like, I never, he, I never heard from him, which was probably for the best because um, like I said, I was not in like a mindset to date at that time. But mm-hmm. like when I found out they did that, I knew they were trying to just like, you know, get me back out there, like post breakup. And when I was thinking about it, I was like, yeah, like if I heard from him, I'd probably like go on a date or continue that conversation. But like, again, had I seen this person on an app, I probably would not have swiped on them. Mm. And so I always try to think about that of like, what if this person was super fun in real life? Would this stuff still matter to me? And sometimes the answer is yes. Like 
Yeah. I, you're like, I'm not going to date an ultra conservative, like yeah. no matter like how <laughs> funny and charismatic they may be in person. I mean, those, that Venn diagram is like two separate circles. No, I was going to say there's like, literally no way. That's, that that yeah. That's exists. not a good example, but I'm just saying like, <laughs> obviously we all have our deal breakers and like, maybe the answer is yes, I would still you know, deny this person based on that, or yes, this will bother me in five to 10 Mm -hmm. years. And that's okay. If the answer is yes, but like really think about, am I declining this because it just feels important right now, or because I'm on an app and it's so easy to decline someone for this, or like, am I declining for this because it's actually like a true value of mine? I think it's worth like considering. Yeah, exactly. And then also like when you're doing this little men- mental exercise, consider that your where you are in life and what matters to you is going to change over time, which I realize is the point of this. But like, think about like your career might change, you know, your where you decide to live might change. I mean, we've seen even through the pandemic, a lot of people have relocated to mm-hmm. new cities. They've gone to the suburbs. They've gone to small towns. Maybe some people did the opposite. Like, so, so think about the fact that a lot of external things in your life are going to change. And so maybe you could date a, I don't know, if you think you're like some country girl and you can't date a city slicker, like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like just keep in mind, like so many of these variables change throughout your life. And, you know, none of this is, is fixed by any means, aside from again, like the core, core values. Yeah. Yeah. I so think that's very true. Yeah. So we hope and slash we assume that all of this advice has been beneficial to all of you. I think we've provided you with some pretty good pearls of wisdom to help you on your dating yes, journey. You're welcome. You're welcome. You are just <laughs> continuing to do God's work on this podcast. It's a real um, calling. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I I think the takeaway is, you know, we all do have room for improvement in our dating styles and our approaches. And I think, um, you know, as much as we want to stay true to ourselves, it's sometimes helpful. It is helpful to get an outside perspective and look at things through an objective lens and just think about ways you can enhance your chances for success Mm -hmm. on dating. And so you might find that all of this advice applies to you, but maybe, or maybe just one sentence applies to you, but whatever it is, like, think about the room for improvement. Um, and if you think you need even more good advice, you know, feel free to tweet us, uh, at love life liquor. You can also ask us for more in-depth, great advice by emailing us at love life and liquor podcast at gmail.com. And if you have also received uh, great advice that we didn't cover. We would very much love to hear it. So feel free to tweet us, share it with the world. Um, and we're always looking for, for new ways that we can improve our, our dating lives. So hit us up. Yes. Please let us know if we missed anything in our last episode or this one. Um, and special thanks again to EL Byrne for this idea. I think this was a really a good way of looking at things and a good follow-up to last time. So Um, Thank you for that. And we will see you all next time. Bye.